Yo, is the mic on, mic? Into that mic on, mic? And pour us another one. Let's do it right, though, mic. We feeling nice, though, mic. Gather round, gather round. Into that mic on, mic. Into that mic on, mic. Yeah, garage drinks with Mike. Ah, Mr. Wiki, welcome to the garage. <laughs> Been too long, Doko. Been too long. Thank you, sir. When we are. My lord. Ooh. Let's get a bite. Woo! Let's get a bite, mate. There it is. There it is. That's some good cover. That's good cover. You can hear me alright? Yep. Yeah. Man, thanks for coming in. I've been too long, Doc. It's been a, it's been a few years, busy, eh? Bro. It's been a few years. It has, bro. Um, but man, the best way to always catch up with you is over a bowl of cava. Have to, mate. Have to. It would be, uh, it would be right if we didn't have the bowl, bro. Yeah. How you been? Been good, Doc. Yeah. Been good, busy. Busy with the gym, as we spoke about earlier. Uh, took that leap of faith and followed our dream that we started back in 2008. Uh, out of a garage and it's kind of expanded and now we've got a building and you know it's been its struggles with the COVID yeah but it's come through and our people have stayed with us yeah right and we're talking about the hay yep the hay Wiki, Wiki or, Works it, or they call it WikiWorks WikiWorks Fitness yes it's the main but with the nickname it's the called hay. the hay because it's on Hamish Street in Otara Otara fantastic um, yeah yeah um, definitely definitely because this is what you are born and raised born and raised bro so it's come Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. And you're back there again. But you'd be you'd be wanting to do that for quite a long time before, and hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. We've we've had you know discussions in the past about getting our own place and giving back to our people. You know, we went through that phase with Ludus. You know, I thought that would have been that suited me because of that gladiatorial role, uh, just finishing up professional rugby league mm. and then converting to that environment mm. was perfect. Mm. Um, but it just didn't fit. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it just wasn't be. You had to had to try something out, Togo. Yeah. And just wasn't the right fit for me. Yeah. Mm. But I'm glad that um, you know, everything's meant to be. Absolutely. Because maybe if it, if it had gone down that route, it might not have been the right thing and it might have Yeah. But now you're at your own place where you're happy with. And yeah. your own brand, your full own brand. Well, that's that's what the the wife will say, you know, yeah. it's you gotta use your name and yeah. it's it's not gonna last for uh, as long as you think, but if I put the effort in and then look after myself and uh, promote myself mm. as part of the business to get more people active, then that suits me to a T. And how are you finding running your own gym? Well, the, it is different, yeah. but the, the technicality part of the stuff is, you know, the logistics is Santa. Okay. And we have a marketing team, okay. which helps Santa put all our... Um, plans together or our concepts or youth programs that we initiate at the gym and I just make sure the coaches are sticking by the rules and the standards are, are met every session so we're pretty OCD man at, at the gym really OCD in, in what way? well you know we're like with the gym we treat it like our house, you know, it's it's got to be clean, mm. uh, make sure we wipe down due to the COVID mm. uh, hit the, the last three times at the gym. So we're going to make sure uh, everyone comes to the gym are not sick. Mm. So due to what's happened mm. in the past, so we, if, they, if they 
have any sense of a flu or anything, we advise them to stay away until they're until they're right. Of course, go get a checkup. Yeah, because uh, just at the car park, you know, our COVID test, COVID, COVID testing there. Um, and just yeah, cleanliness yeah. is a, a That's good a part of yeah, a good yeah. visual for people coming into a gym, right? Uh, they they feel at home. The kids come in, they go to the back, got a TV set up with Netflix. Cool. Yeah. There's books there for them to read. Uh, when the classes start, the kids are not allowed on the floor. Yes, because of health, you know, health and safety reasons. When a kettlebell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing those you know, TikTok movements <laughs> with the kettlebell. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we don't mind being OCD because it uh, passes on to our coaches and then the our family our WikiWorks members see that so they know they need to wipe down the gears and put it back in the right spots if it's not facing the right way <laughs> you're gonna get a word from me mate oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want that <laughs> <laughs> you got the wall balls along the wall there you know it's got all the uh, numbers on it facing facing out facing out and like parallel <laughs> in the line you know so if I just see them all off, I love it. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> but um, oh, that's really good. That's yeah. really good. So strict rules on standards, like when you come in, you must, you must have a towel. Mm. You must be on time. And if you're going to cancel your class, mm. cancel it on our influx app. Mm. If you don't cancel, that means you've done a no-show. Right. So there's a consequence there. What's it's the 20, consequence? Oh, it's twenty burpees. You don't bring a towel. Twenty burpees if you are late. Yeah. Twenty burpees if you don't show up. Yeah. And if you leave anything at the gym, for any gyms out there. Yeah. If they leave anything at the gym, it everybody goes on. always leaves stuff. At I know. Collects. Yeah. We. Jerseys, towels, last year, last year water we bottles. We had a whole box of like lost and found stuff, yeah. so we just tossed it. So uh, if you leave something at the gym, say say you left your hat at the gym. Yeah. Put it on the page. Yeah, everyone can comment, emoji, whatever. You got sixty minutes, and no one's if no one's uh, owned it. up to it. Whatever the comments and the emojis and likes, that's how many poopies you do. Who does? Oh, the person that <laughs> person that left it there, of course. So if you left your head there and you didn't comment on the whole lot, so there's sixty comments. Mm. 60 burpees for you well it's good because you're building like a community that's quite tight like a yeah. and, ship shape oh yeah and some 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 of the members are ruthless you know mm. they do the one word comments so oh my god why <laughs> did you <laughs> they're ruthless dog. but it's 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 a safe environment and they mock each other but it's within reasons you know mm. without um, safe environment experience, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really good yeah but it's good man I'm loving loving this journey yeah loving this journey and you've built a really good membership as well yeah brother yep so uh, you know we started four four members in a garage like this like this okay. like this brother yeah yeah in 2008 yeah. you know it's expanded from from four members to just over 100 mate so we must be okay. doing must be doing something. Something, like right? Mm. I like this. Ruben like bought this, by the way. Yep. This is, um, but I like, um, see, because um, I made a collection of these when I was at high school. Yep, yep. In fifth form. So I've got a collection of about 20 of these. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. 
Um, but I know, so I know that this is a Borvai Niu. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the really big, um, and this is also used by the ancient Tongans for water as a water carrier, which is ah. very different, obviously from the smaller yeah, coconut yeah, yeah. shell. It's very impressive. Yeah, well, that, like was, that one came from Fiji, from one of the members. So, okay. so what do you give Ruben Wiki? You give him a ladle. Damn straight. Damn straight. <laughs> Hello, my wee doggo. Wow. It's smooth, eh? It is nice, eh? That is. Mohokova, eh? This is Vavaukava, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's their crew. They're good. good yeah. Crew. You look, buy from them often? Yeah, yeah, they look after us like uh, once a month. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. usually we have our little get togethers, me and uh, Motu Tony. Yeah. Motu Tony's at the gym as well, so we reminisce big time on the, the Kiwi cover sessions. <laughs> Massive. Yeah. Um, to do this podcast, I had to read up a little bit on you. Like, I've known you for years, mm. but I just wanted to know other things as well or what other people have talked to you about and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, I think probably your most commonly known, um, maybe not commonly known, but um, mo- probably mostly known for um, always having cover after games. Mm. Uh, was that notorious throughout your, your career, something that you do habitually? Yeah, so s- something that was introduced after we won the grand final in 1994 the, to you the by Cameron who Raiders. so from Noah Ndruku okay. so he was a winger back in Fijian that, in that day. yeah Fijian yeah. days uh, so when we won the grand final so you celebrated with the trophy and everything the second day we went to the pub the cover ball turned up never seen one Yeah, turned up like the Fijian embassy bought the cover ball and the cover put it into the to the pub mm. and you know Noah started mixing it I said oh what's this oh wow and um, really 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 enjoyed it eh? mm. but um, it wasn't until later in my career that I took it more seriously yeah. you know just for re- recovery and like I was mid mid 20s and uh, where, where we lived in Canberra in Queanbeyan there was a lot of Polynesians and the cover the cover ceremony was pretty massive mm. in the Fijian community there. Mm. So we started hitting that on a Sunday after games. And it just come, became a ritual for me for recovery. For recovery? Yeah, yeah, just like for the aches and pain, all the bumps and bruises, you know. Yeah. And I did some research on it, and there's an ingredient in the actual root that they use in anti-flams. Right. Called right. coxie. Right. So that ingredient is in the anti-flams that you use, like... Altara and stuff mm. so I thought I'd just do the, the natural way mm. and you pay, feel better the next day yeah, yeah but you know you're, you're hydrated due to the water you have a good sleep um, you know it's good for stress uh, yeah and just gets, gets your body ready for war again you know mm. so then, how often do you have it now uh, I still try to get it once every oh, once every fortnight right right yep. right. just the end of the week you know um it's, it's probably more, more to Tony more than anything else, you know. He's like, hey, no, what are you doing? Also, let's have a cover. We've got to train first. <laughs> but um, it's it's still right amongst uh, my stress reliever. Mm. Mm, big time. Do you think um, adversely, like on the other side of it, is there, um, is there benefits or is there non-benefits to like having it too much? Well, I, I know... The Polynesians, or they like to have the big the benders on the cover, and you know I think the history is spoken for itself. You have too much of it, 
it's not going to be too it's not going to be good for you mm. so like in moderation in moderation it's fine mm. so um, I wouldn't be drinking this every day yeah because right. I, I wouldn't get no work done yeah be yeah. like that, uh, that makes, can make you feel quite lethargic and quite yeah, tired yeah and, and relaxed you know you just want to just you know lay back listen to some music yeah don't want to listen to anybody so it's <laughs> <laughs> not good in the house man but uh, yeah you just got to have um, the timing is important when you're having conversations and, and, you and a good and, well. a, and a good good environment a good crew to mm. enjoy the cover mm. so we actually got one tomorrow uh, we're going to the cover four shells so cover four shells we'll see you tomorrow nice uh, all our wiki works men are shooting out for a get together yeah just a, just a chat yeah health and well-being you know it's it's big in our in our gym just to check on on the men's um, mindset and What's going going on in their lives, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, within a safe environment. Sure. If they want to talk about sweeters, if they don't, all good. So you do that with the men in your gym every how often? So it's every like three, couple of months. Right. Mm. So our last one was uh, uh, curry night, but the carvel was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where do you do this? At the gym or you have a certain no, place? No, no, no. The last one was in Howick. Okay. Uh, so tomorrow is at Carvel Four Shells. Yeah. So uh, just shout out to them for hosting us. <laughs> so sure. get it out there. But I think it's very necessary for the men of the house to it's so necessary to express. Yeah, you know, just in case there is something going on, yeah. then we can um, either support it. Yeah, or find someone who can mm. help. So let me ask you this: like when you do have these sessions, do you guys do talk about things that are happening? They do. Yeah, they do. Um, Without getting too specific, what are some of the, the common things that you'd hear from them? Well, you, you so you go back to the coat, the lock, the lockdowns. Mm. A lot of people lost their jobs, right? So how do they cope by supporting their family financially? That's just one scenario. Mm. Or um, you know, depression. It's, it's common. It's common, mate. And the best cure for that is to nip it on the butt and talk about it mm. so you, so you can get over that hump and we, we can find help to to direct you in the right pathway mm. you know sometimes I, f- I find like um, it's easy like talking about you know mental health and stuff you know but um, when you actually come to like talk about it like if you're trying to talk to your mate or something about it it's actually harder Hard, quite hard to bring the words out, you know, to try and yeah. describe it. You know, do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, I know, bro. And, and it's just yeah. got to be like a, it's got to just be real talk. You know, yeah. like trying to be a, a psychologist or whatever you know, like that. You just want someone to listen. Yeah. And maybe you might have the answer. You yeah. know, we we you know we're not perfect. No one's perfect, mm. and we all need help in different areas. You know, so even like for professional athletes, you know, take. Myself, to Kev, everyone's go through it, man, and it's just how we deal get over that, deal with it and get over that hump. Yeah, and like having like supportive partners mm. like uh, Santa and Latai mm. through those through those journeys, man. Like as professional athletes, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of hurdles. There's a lot of um, you're already under a lot of want, pressure what need and to perform and uh, obligations as a as a star you know like in your chosen sport so how do you deal with that all 
mm. and when it's gone then what happens yeah you know yeah. how do you deal with not being yeah center of attention yeah you know we like you see kev's all good with that yeah, i'm all good with that so it's but somewhere along the path we want to hit a a hurdle when it comes to the end of our season what do we do next you know yeah so just having a plan b yeah helps perfect because mm. i wanted to talk to you about that so the transition from like um from you know from working as a professional athlete you mm. know to coming out of it making that decision to retire how hard was it to firstly how hard was it to make that decision to retire because how old were you at the time uh 35 okay so yeah. in rugby league terms that's pretty old right uh so in 2008 i was the oldest in the nrl I don't know if that's a... I don't think that's still the case. I don't know if that's a stat. (laughs) Do you think it's still the case now? They're a bit older now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, The games get a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I wasn't ready to retire. It was kind of a business decision from the club's point of view. Right, okay. So I wasn't ready to go. Okay. So there was a lot of... um, Yeah, it it was a tough year, you know, like mentally... And physically, emotionally, for myself to be asked to retire when I wasn't ready on my own terms. So it was a tough year that 2008. And it, um, did you have any other offers from other clubs? Well, I was still I was still contracted to to the Warriors. Yeah. And I wanted to see the season out and see what happens after that. Uh, but I felt felt good, you know. Body was fine, but we weren't doing too well at the Warriors and you know had to point the finger at somebody some people pick on the old fella and um, yeah they wanted me to retire early and I wasn't ready and I was on 298 games so it was like man oh just let me pay 300 nah just want to go surely so it was a really it was a tough period you talk about depression right. you know it's just boom hit me so I started getting I started getting negative to the media. Yeah. Um, just didn't, I didn't treat the media right. Right. I just respected the media on the way I was feeling. So I spoke to the people I trust, like my the wife, uh, my kids, my coaches from the past, people I really uh, trust the opinion, opinion. You know, value yeah. the opinion. So, and they just said, just be yourself, you know, and. Um, keep playing footy and so I went to reserve grade played reserve grade they thought I wouldn't play reserve grade right because of my status right I was about, I don't care where I play I just want to play so I went down there for one game and then they called me back up yeah to play because they were short of players and so I told the boys I just got to be my last hurrah and the boys were angry <laughs> so you, you couldn't have left them to go play for another club you couldn't have nah and I didn't want to leave because yeah. when I stick you know when I'm committed to something I want yeah. to finish it so yeah. and you, you know me man it's like I want to finish this and so I came back to first grade told the boys yeah. and then we had that run to the finals in 2008 we all grew the beards That's we right. went that Spartan Spartan path get this guy to the 300 game da 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 final for, like farewell for a farewell and uh, we ended up um just missing out by one game in the mm. grand final but it was a funny it's a weird ride man it's heaps of twists and yeah. everyone's careers you know yeah. on, on that top level when you get to your peak yeah. um, 
but it's just how you you cope with it instead of getting negative just trying to turn it into a positive yeah and I I did that and how did, how did you do that how did you turn that into a positive well there was more like talking to the people I uh, value and then just playing footy the way I play footy without worrying about all the extra um, constraints on the outside mm. or the or the noise you know so I just focused on that uh, went back to respecting the, the media because they you know they want a story they got a job to do yeah they got a job yeah. and you know yeah. It's that, that's your job. So yeah, just went back to that that guy that they love so much, you know. So mm. and brought out the best of me in the games, and we had a good run. And then at the end of the the last game, just kind of just that was it, you know. It was it was sad, but I was going to go to England, but I thought, oh, nah, I'll just focus on um, the next next chapter. Yeah, right. Mm. And so you made that decision to join them, their coaching staff. Um, the next year. The next year, <laughs> yeah. So was that an easy decision to make? or? Well, you know, I, yeah, as I said, it's like, got to be a professional. You know, they wanted they wanted me as an assistant strength and condition, conditioner. Yeah. So I, that that's the path I was going down anyway. So I was studying while I was playing. And it was a perfect perfect opportunity for me to learn of the uh, other strength and conditioning coaches and well it was also to be a mentor for the next players coming through and that was you know I was there for, for years find it hard coaching and watching them playing and you can't be on the field of them well I was running the water so it felt like I, I was a part of it but yeah. I, sometimes you get carried away with the messages but that's just how much I loved the game yeah. and missed it yeah um, but yeah we got Got the best out of them with, you know, just giving them what I knew mm. and how to improve their game. So if they wanted to listen, I can't really force them to listen to me. But I think you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so when did the idea come about to start WikiWorks? In 2008. 2008. So just starting a hobby yeah. in a garage with the missus and a few friends. Yeah. Just, you know, get them active. Run some good classes. Yeah, yeah. You run some of the best classes I've ever been in. Oh, it's just, it's all functional, making it... Um, a lot of it's your music as well, Rubes. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> <laughs> the playlist, they eh, Got that playlist on lock. Hasn't changed. People come into uh, training and they bite their lip and they say, oh, yo, let's go. <laughs> but it's more like listening to listening to our members mm. um, you don't have to like flog the crap out of them you know mm. you got to actually teach them some skills sure you know and the movement why we're doing this movement and uh, make it fun you got to have those games in there break up you know icebreakers and the music is important mm. but you know sometimes you need that little ACD or something just to give them a little rev mm. but we, uh, come stretch time it's it's uh, Johnny Gill <laughs> what I remember from you is like um, I think you're probably one of the best mentors for me as a trainer mm. um, and doing your classes um, just opened up my eyes to like a different way of how classes could be run yeah and um, 
how you could you can get members to push themselves without you having so much to be yelling at them or you yeah. know you can find you can tap into the way they think mm. they can tap into it and they find ways to push themselves beyond what they're capable of yeah you know and then um the feeling afterwards you know like obviously there's that there's that quite that there's massive rush you know after you do like a hard workout mm. but with your classes with wiki love different it's um feeling of accomplishment yeah um self-accomplishment um and realizing that you've done things you've because you, a lot of people would walk in and see the board and be like oh no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah i can't yeah, do that it's yeah. too heavy it's That's too okay. hard yeah, yeah. they work through it and they find that they can yeah you know and you have a way of guiding people through that which is um i can only describe as like it's real leader values mm. you know of guiding guiding a class through things like that so like uh let's say Tolo, nurturing mm. nurturing for me so you know solo parent growing up mum's always nurtured us to be uh respectful to um share share with our or whoever we come in contact with and never um speak speak down to just always respect the people so and like we were taking classes there is a little bit of mocking but there's it's harmless stuff but it's put the set up they look at it and as you said they think wow we're not going to be able to do this but during the sessions you give them confidence to get through it just by um, acknowledging them that I'm actually focusing on you and like get that eye contact you can do this you know and that's taking it just one step further than an average trainer would do. Mm. You know, I know the PTs, they have their one-on-one stuff, but when you're in a group, you got to share that. Yeah. And make sure it's evenly shared and not just favorite, just um, focusing on the, the fiddle ones, mm. Mm. you know? So, you know, we're big on no egos at the gym and keeping it like a family, keeping that uh, connection with high fives all the time, mm. you know, and... It just makes them special. Feel valued. And valued, yeah. yeah. And it's, for that session, you're going to be the, the star of the class, in, in my eyes anyway. Have to. And that's, everyone will feed off that. So we've also got another saying in our, our gym is, no one gets left behind. You know, it's um, something if someone's still going, Everyone will jump in and just help support them. that person yeah, yeah. to the end. Yeah, right to the end. You know, we got the big on our logos. Pain is weak to sleep in the body. They see that they're hurting a little bit, but they'll get through it. Mm. You know, we always we always make the sure the sessions are structured and achievable, but know they'll be pushed. When you say the shorter ones, at the, your thirty-minute sessions. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. this the thirty-minute sessions probably only go. So you've got the skill, yeah. about 15 minutes is the yeah. main set, and they have a little, little warm down. Mm. But when I mean, you've got our 45 minute sessions, it's the same thing. Mm. You've got the bulk, the bulk of the sessions is probably 20 to 25 minutes. Mm. Then you've got the skill factor, then you've got the warm down. Mm. So it's just covering all bases. Mm. But making it fun. Making it fun is quite yeah, important. Always. Yeah. Um, you were just talking before about your mum. Um, so obviously, I think everyone pretty much knows you're from Otara, mm. South Auckland, born and raised. Um, but I wanted to know. Uh, so when you were when you were growing up, uh, what sort of jobs did your mum used to do? So mum had a 
a few jobs actually. So she worked at a nail factory making nails. She worked at a donut shop, a donut factory. So wouldn't say it was nutritionist, but it is what it is, you know. So if it is breakfast, lunch, and tea, it's donuts. It is chocolate eclairs. You know the Sally Lums. You name it. So um, she she just did what she had to do for for our, us th- us three. There's three of us: so a sister and a brother. And she she did awesome, man. Yeah. Considering the circumstances, and I, I actually left school early. I left at fifth form. Okay. To go get a job to help. Okay. Help pay the bills. So and what job was it? What job? What job? Was oh, I worked at a steel mill in okay. Mount Wellington, so I was lifting steel. And um, what was it called? Stuart Steel. Okay. On Gabriel Place. Okay. <laughs> Ten Gabriel Place. Yeah. <laughs> but it's now it's uh, Vulcan Steel. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's grown, and uh, yeah, so I was the youngest at at the in steel mill, and yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was good, man. It was just a lot of physical stuff. Yeah. Um, which is tied into the training, which yeah. was perfect, and yeah. just helping. Well, before that, I was actually working for mum with mum at Ajax first, and then which is just down the road from the Stuart Steel. Then I went to Stuart Steel after that. So I used to work at um, just off Panama Road in Mount Wellington. Yeah, uh, but aluminium is it aluminium? Yeah, yeah. Uh, full of Islanders in Maori, but oh, lifting yeah, aluminium. Yeah. Was it on Carbine Road? Just off. Yeah, car- it was Carbine. Yeah, Road. Carbine yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah. lifting so aluminium at night. Because you know the the big is it the tip top, yeah 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 yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. Gabriel's just off Carbine, yeah, off Carbine Road there. There's oh, like a right. little um, food bar on yeah. the corner. Yeah yeah yeah. Heaps of islanders work down there. Yeah right? yeah. But you you do what you have to do. You right? Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do to support. Yeah. And that's what I did. I worked there for like maybe a year, nearly two years. Mm. The thing that hurt me though was that like like my night shift, my graveyard shift was just you become so close like family of those mm. those boys um, but for the rest of my shift this was it oh yeah yeah this is it like th- I, that really struck me you know like because yeah, yeah. I'd work there but my mind would always be like um, what am I going to do Mike what are you going to do what are you going to do next yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is like a stepping stone this is like my pause point yeah gotcha you know? but, but like um, I love those boys man yeah, like yeah, Tom yeah. and Samoan Moldies yeah. I love those dudes but I, w- I knew like we worked through the week and then we'd probably drink on Friday but this is it. This is their life. Like, just on like that's it. Groundhog. One of them might want to be a supervisor. Yeah. But that's it. That's it. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I respect that. Yeah. You know. But I always had like a more a curious mind that was like, what am yeah. I gonna do next, Mike? What am I gonna do next? You wanted was, to that uh, extra leap by yeah, that. Well, it was minimum wage. Step. It was minimum yeah, wage, yeah, yeah. and I wanted more. Like, I yeah. just I really wanted more. And I remember getting a pay rise there. The pay rise was I think it was uh, seventeen cents. Mm-hmm. 17 cents that's massive yeah and well it worked out to be like an extra block of cheese I think <laughs> in our shopping <laughs> but um, but yeah but like those sort of life lessons they really sort of develop who you are and so obviously when you're working there at 15 but you're already playing you're already playing at the time as well eh? yeah I was I was, yeah. I was playing local bro so like yeah. 15, 16 uh, just, you know, work with mum just doing cleaning up in the factories and that 1718 is Stuart Steele when came into into play. Um, and this time I was like just living down the road. We we lived there with our auntie, yeah. so we moved in. Mum mum was a bit of a gypsy, so we mm. we had just to cope with what we had, you know. And uh, my auntie lived down Carbine Road, 
So I just walked to work, do the stuff, and I was the youngest in the at, at work. Money was pretty good, yeah. You know, for yeah. a young guy. Yeah. And it's funny, I actually ran into Gary, sorry, and Mary. The the guys, the people that own, own the it. business, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, right. Saw me at the airport. Yeah. And and I saw them. And I said, Oh my gosh, they've been following my career. And I was like, yeah. I, I I remembered them. Yeah. You know, I remember both of them. And I was like, Oh, I just want to say thank you for giving me an opportunity. Mm. And uh, they said, oh, man, it was, it was one of those nostalgic moments, you know. Mm. Um, a few years ago, I was, yeah, I was still in my 40s and, like, haven't seen them for, like, 22 years. Yeah, wow. Know? It's crazy. Yeah. I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. You know, yeah. they gave me the opportunity. They yeah. didn't have to. But That's right, that's right. You know, but, um, and then from then on, I went to Canberra, man, after that. Yeah. How old were you when you went to Canberra, when you first got that contract? Uh, 1992, so 19. 19? Yeah, 19. Yeah. Did you have any other offers at the time, or was it strictly just Canberra? So we just finished the Pacific Cup. Pacific yeah. Cup is big in rugby league, and it was at Carlo Park, and I was playing for the New Zealand Maoris. Um, had a lot of scouts come over and pick up some players, you know, so they picked me up, Kuna Pongia, Johnny Lomax, um, Sean Hoppe has already went over there, Noah, Noah Nujuku, mm. Steve Kearney's from there, you know, oh, yeah. heaps. Yeah. Jimmy Fakoso for the Tongan team, he mm. went to Canberra as well. So uh, that was the stepping stone for all of us to step into the ARL back at, well, back in yeah. those days. Yeah. And um, yeah, heaps of scouts came over and plucked a few, a few out, you know, and one of them said, well, this kid's like, a young version of Mal Meninga. So I heard that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. and then was at like, the time that was your role model. <laughs> exactly, yeah. he was a mentor. Oh, well, he was my idol. Sorry, but um, Tim Sheen wasn't keen on the the idea. Right. Yeah. Why like, is that? Well, I said, oh, no, he's too slow. Right. So you, know, you look at Mal. Yeah. Mal wasn't fast. Yeah. But he was smart. Yeah. You know, so they took a gamble. So I went over, took Santa over and my little brother and we just we were only supposed to go for two years just to see what it's like play a bit of footy and I don't know come home but it didn't turn out to be two years no yeah it's crazy eh? <laughs> yeah what was it like first going over there like you know when it's just you and Santa and is it um, David yeah Dave yeah and who um, are you staying with are you staying just the three of you your own little place or well yeah, this is this is when you get the book out. <laughs> but uh, we actually stayed in a hotel for about couple, three months. Okay. Um, just trying to find our feet, get a job. Yeah. So all of us had to work. And I had to put David into school. Uh, Santa worked at the, the Queen Bee Leagues Club, which is which did some wait, waitering. And I went into work at a tile shop, just to, in the stores, just doing, the, doing all Why the is that? I don't think... Many people understand that in today's day and age. Why did you need to work at the same time you're playing for a club? It was semi-professional, man. Right. So it's not like now you don't have to work. Yeah. So we had to have a job and then train after work. Mm. And that's how it's always been, mm. you know, even at that level. So the likes of Malmeninga, then they're all sales reps. So they were working as well. So, yeah. so when you do see the stats of the Winfield Cup, yeah. 
they say Mel Meninga, 25 sales rep, you know, that's their occupation. It's not professional athlete. That's right, yeah, you know? that's right, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's back in the days, bro. <laughs> It's so true, yeah. yeah it brings yeah. up their real job yeah. and what they do, yeah. and so and so farmer, so and so she milker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like not nowadays, they have, don't don't have the stats like that. Everyone's under the same same banner. Yeah, but um, yeah, you had to you had to do the. Yeah, do so the time, everyone's man. got a nine to five job. Yeah, and then we all train at night time, and that went on for another five or six years. Okay, then Super League came in. Yeah. Then it became professional. Right. Because there was money going around like, you know, freaking lollies, mate. Yeah. It was crazy. And it takes it to another level where people don't have to work. Yeah. So they're training full time. So obviously training. it takes the game to another level yep. as well. And the uh, the standards and the expectations go to another level mm. on top of that. So learning from the best in the game. <sighs> You have no choice but to fit into that criteria. Mm. So, work on your pass, uh, work on your kick, work on your tackle. Make sure it's you know you're spot on. Because mm. if you don't, you won't be in the team. Right. And we had some a lot of egos in our team, man. They're like Mel Meninga, Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart, who who expected perfection. Right. Because they wanted to win, and they're. The past speaks for itself, you know, they're a winning team. So I had to learn that pretty quick, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, given the perfect pass to Ricky Stewart or else he's gonna give you a uh, a blow up. So that was for me as a Polynesian, Maori. How do I cope with him yelling at me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was that was my work on. Yeah. Don't take it personal. Yeah. They're trying to make you a better person, a better player. Find so, that quite hard? It was hard in the yeah, beginning, eh? I can imagine, because it gets to you, you know? Yeah, it was, a, it was hard in the beginning, so then it came to a stage that I was like, oh, well, yeah, sweet, take it on board and just go whack someone. And then you earn the respect by doing something positive. Mm. So I used, to, I used to take blokes out at training and... and During training? I think it's quite interesting that you were in that transition of like when it went from semi-professional to professional. So when it, you know, when you're in that transition and it became professional and you're getting paid full-time, you don't have to have like a day job anymore. Mm. Did it all of a sudden feel awesome that you can just do this every day, all day? Or, yeah, did, it, or, did, or did it feel the other way where it was like, oof, the pressure's on now? Yeah, yeah. I think it was both, right. both mindsets on that one, bro, because yeah. um, you still, I still wanted to work, but I didn't have to work because training was my work yeah and why did like, you want to work well it's just it's the way it's been you know from day sure. dot. okay so you know growing up with mum and yeah. you had to work to so I felt a bit weird yeah. yeah so just to go into training that's my job I said well you know you buy a car I said far out I bought my first car over there and that was that was a real eye opener you know like um, had to get my license yeah you know <laughs> things you need to do to drive a car <laughs> Learning skills, mate, that you pick up. But, um, yeah, just adapting to the, being a professional rugby league player mm. was training Training was your work. Mm. So working on your um, your tools is you. Working on your, your to be better mm. every day. So, and I had to do that. So it was, it was, it was, 
it took a while to adapt to it, not working, and just going to train to work. But um, I knew I knew where they we were coming from. You know, this is your craft. Yeah. So you need to work on it to be the best. Mm. And and that's why I didn't come back. Right. I stayed because I knew if I did go home, I'll go back into catching up with my mates. Right. Work, play right. local footy, and not fulfilling my dream. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's why I ended up staying. Yeah. When you first went over there, obviously, because um, league's a massive thing over there. Mm. And so does it automatically put you in the spotlight? Because I'm sure that team as well, they're a winning team. Mm. They're all superstars. So out to the public, they're known as a certain persona. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and especially being in a different environment, Australia, mm. it's completely different to being yep. over here and how big it is. What helped you keep you on the ground? Or did you, you know, what, what, kept, you, what kept you grounded like to adjust to playing for a team like that. Yeah. So being the minor- minority coming from New Zealand, uh, the coach gave me some advice before I went to my first training. Make sure you find some friends outside the circle. So what he meant by that, don't be hanging around with the footy players all the time. Right. Go find another group of friends. They can just chill out and don't worry about the limelight stuff. So where we where we lived uh, in Queanbeyan, this is where all the Polynesians migrate from New Zealand when they go to Canberra. Mm. This is in Queanbeyan. So we found a community, found some friends, and uh, you know one of my jobs was a removalist as well. Okay. And there's a lot of Polynesians in there. Removalist. Yeah, like um, furniture removalist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of Polynesians there, and I thought they were fresh airs. Yeah. And then they started talking. And they had that Aussie accent. So they're <laughs> like brought up in Australia, yeah. but still speaks Samoan. Yeah. So we ended up um, locking on with them and become good mates. And he became one of my um, stagmen. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So we got a lot of history. And I was the same, vice versa. And um, so that was my circle outside of footy. Mm. Kept it real. Uh, Told us, you know, told me straight, ah, work on that game, blah da da, which kept me humbleized and feet on the ground, you know. Mm. And then the group got a lot bigger, so and then the carver came into the play. Every Sunday, we we'll sit around talk about the game. They mm. give me some tips on what I need to work on, and I took it on, you know. It didn't didn't matter how many games I played. Mm. I always wanted to get better. Yeah, you know they kept it real. Yeah, where the fans or the players would pat you on the back. Yeah. You know, and say, oh, yeah, good game today. You scored four tries. Yeah. But then they'll, your mates will tell you, well, you missed five tackles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is which is good on my side of things. Yeah. It keeps me honest, you know? Yeah. And... Keeps you getting they, better. Yeah. They, they know, uh, I know I need to work on stuff. Mm. Yeah. And also it would have been invaluable because um, you went over there with Santa. Yeah. Having her beside you consistently all the time as well. Yeah. I think it's quite a struggle for a lot of young players who don't have that, that partner support, you know, yeah. when they're just coming through, breaking through. But I think that would have been... It was good because we just started dating, Santa and I. We just started... Before you went over? Yeah, we just started dating. So we were like a year in. Right. In a relationship and... She's, she's she has military police background mm. so she was in the army and she's put her career on hold for for me right you know to come over and um 
just take a gamble, see what happens, and then you can come back to your army after that. But it didn't happen. Then I staying there. <laughs> but she's she's my rock man. You know, the, we always talk about our wives being at the rock. Hundred percent. Yeah. And she is the reason why I did succeed, and how far I've gotten, and who I am today. I've learned so much from uh, Santa. Um, she's the oldest in her family. I'm the oldest in mine. But she's more outspoken than than I am. Right. And I've learned to be more outspoken due to her. Right. You know, you have to, or else you're not going to get nowhere. Yeah. So with the brand yeah. that we spoke about yeah. earlier, I need to speak out. Right. To promote who I am yeah. and what we're trying to do. I think it's probably because you're just naturally quite a humble person. Yeah, yeah. You find it hard naturally to um, be more outspoken and sell yeah. sell that, which I understand. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A hard, and that's why we have a marketing team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, you know, we've got, a, we've got an awesome marketing team, so, you know, we praise them all the time, and they see potential mm. in the place of the, where we're at, at the gym, and they want to see it grow. Mm. Um, yeah, so... It's funny when you run into people, you just, they just come at the right time for us. Yeah. You know, and it's very humbling, and I'm just waiting for that blotto. We all are. Dropping the cover ball. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Lotto, We're all waiting for oh, that lotto hit. But uh, you can't rely on the lotto. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but when it comes, Doko, I know us. where you live, mate. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it. I love how you come with your own cup as well, eh? Covid, Shana. Of what? When we are. So good. So good. It is good. It is good. And then, um, how old were you when you had uh, when you had children? Um, Denzel's. 25. He's named after Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. 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 Both we're both on the same page on that one. <laughs> Denzel. And it just suits him. You know, he's a good kid. Yeah, so we, we, we got married in 98. And the end of the year, Denzel came came into the uh, to the world Christmas Eve. Wow. Yeah, it's out of it. Yeah, crazy. Because your wife was born on Christmas Day. Is that right? No, 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 no. No. Uh, no. It was on Christmas Day. No, no. No. I thought there was a reason why she was called Santa. No, it's her dad. So I'll tell you the story. Yeah. Her dad's told like me really bit. into the, uh, the the Spanish, you know, the Spanish, because like, he was a wolfie. Okay. He always talks about the, the Spanish coming in in their boats. And it was, I think it was after Santa Maria. Like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so her, her name is Santa Vittoria. So you see Santa Vittoria, the oh. water, in like all the shops. I said, oh, yeah, that's your water, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's my water. So, but yeah, it's her dad. He has, he has, he has these wild <laughs> It's pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. It is different. And um, people just see it. Oh, yeah, Santa Claus. No, no, that's not. It's Santa. <laughs> she could be hiding. <laughs> so you had Denzel and then you've also got a daughter as well which you had a few years later yes so yeah. Mackenzie came in 2001 yeah and totally the opposite to Denzel <laughs> totally it's like 
how's this how's this work you know Denzel's like really petite OCD right where the other one opposite but opposite yeah. but same values yeah beautiful kids yeah you know we te- teach about like um, our values mm. when you go to other people's homes and stuff uh, be respectful they're, mm. they're good with that but when yeah. they're at home just drop their shoulders you know because <laughs> <laughs> they're kids eh? yeah. but they're good kids man so they're, good. they're still at home and I don't think they'll be moving too far too yeah. soon but was it was it hard um, being a dad or being a parent when you're playing at the same time and they were so young when you're over in Australia so, and this is this is where Santa comes into mm. the frame and she was both to the kids because like, you've been travelling quite so, a lot so literally throughout the whole career she was father and mother on tours uh, when I was travelling right uh, the kids see me during the week they see me after games but son is the one that actually raised those those two right till until I retired you right know? so I owe so much to that that woman mm. uh, with the kids and now with this new chapter I get to spend more time yeah. with my kids watching my son play footy my daughter starting to play footy this weekend and just support them as much as I can and what I need to get back what I missed due to provide trying to provide for them through professional rugby league yeah. and, and the house and um Make sure they're comfortable. Mm. Mm. What was that like? Like if you're um, if you're constantly on the road and you know that your wife is like being mum and dad to both your kids, does it make you feel guilty? Does it? Is it was that hard? Uh, it's. We, or was it all? Well, do you know that you're doing what you're doing is for your family? Yeah, that's 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 yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. This in my process is what I'm doing is for those three, you know, to make sure they're um, looked after. Now and after, post when I go, um, I don't want don't want them to struggle. Mm. So I had to put my best foot forward, doing doing what I do best is playing footy. And Santa, Santa, we we speak about this now, and it's it's a touchy subject because I she did so much for the kids and the time she invested in them, and that's why she, now she gets to do what she needs to do going back to school doing the degree and it's my turn to look after the gym and make sure the kids well they're adults now so we don't have to worry about them that much but fully focus is making sure she gets her time mm. you know mm. it's all about that balance you know 100% you gotta have balance in, you gotta in, have in balance, a marriage yeah. and there's gonna be hurdles bro yeah. don't worry no marriage is perfect but you know, that that chunk of 16 years and why the kids have turned out the way they have is because of her. That's massive. Yeah. yeah. I'll try to hold the tears in before I'll, uh, yeah. I'll turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine. I can imagine. It's, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, it's such a, you must have such a deep connection to be able to do that and the, the trust that must exist between the two of you as well be quite a strong bond. Yeah. Um, see, we've got five but it's like a mixed match mm-hmm. of like just trying to help him where we can mm-hmm. each other and if, if anything I can think of it's teamwork yeah. it's tag in tag out tag in tag out 
and just working together as a team yeah. to both keep our heads cool as well yeah, and yeah. back each other on like on different kids and different problems yep, where they're yep. at and stuff and trying to keep up to date with everything it can get quite chaotic well with five yeah it would be yeah and it can occupy um, a lot of my mind um, but it has to occupy in the right way like I can't let it occupy me and get me down and keep me down you yep. know because I got a job to do I got mm. many other things to do and so I think being a parent and also the way families work like your family works every family works quite differently mm. you know there's no right way yeah no and everyone's in sync you gotta be in sync and yeah. I think when the kids get a bit older yeah. they start to realise we need to pay our part yeah. you know so we talk about paying your part say pay your rent no <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know they, they got things as well it's like man we're trying to pay mortgage <laughs> just yeah. be straight up with the kids there so well, you guys need a job because you know it's tough times at the moment yeah. and it's not getting easier no. so no. it's just do your part for us please yeah. you know and they, they're good they're really good our, our circle's pretty tight you know we have our problems but yeah. we talk it out you know we hit it on the head straight away and uh, don't dwell on it because yeah. we can't can't afford to a lot of people that listen to this like for a lot of fathers young fathers that do listen to this uh, probably young mothers as well mm-hmm. um, what do you think or from your perspective like um, what helps keep a relationship consistent a relationship consistent is this mm. with the the wife or the this kids in general wife. okay yeah this is with your partners oh yeah well it's always a tough one and yeah, I, yeah. I know a lot of young couples like they hit a couple of hurdles call it quits they're out yeah and sometimes there's kids involved mm. you know what i mean but they've already made that heated decision in the heat of the moment and it's mm. it's it's over or they make other decisions that they know are the wrong decisions but yep. they do them out of spite or out of anger yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for sure and, and it's it always leads always comes down to uh, making sure that both parties are on the same page you know we, we, we always Santa and I always talk about compromising you know we can read each other so I know when Santa's had a tough day or come home and she's not talking so I'll go about my business and do the washing or whatever so I just know something's bothering you so you, you got to just feel the vibe of of uh your your partner and like at a i think at the young young stage of our uh, relationship was we we love training so we love training together we love going to the movies you got to make sure those date nights are in place you know you got to treasure those ones especially if you have kids mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. you have to especially now you know, we it's hard to get a date night in because we're like that busy. Mm. But um, just finding time for us, even if it's for an hour, mm. it's going to keep us saying and talk about everyday problems. You know, what's on your mind? Um, yeah, what do we need to do to grow the business? All those, all those talks, and and it depends on depending on their goals. What's her goals? What's my goals? What are we trying to achieve? So we, our our relationship is pretty open, man, and you know, as I said, there's going to be hurdles, mm. and we're going to get, you know, get through together. But 
yeah it's it's not going to be a smooth ride man it never is never. it never is i think it's quite important for a lot of young people to hear as well because mm. i think a lot of young people like you know obviously they get into the honeymoon stage yeah and stuff and then things start to turn a little bit sour when they start to realize that the other person might have like a, maybe a little bit of trauma that happened yeah, to them yeah, and that yeah, starts yeah. to come out absolutely feed into the relationship and and yeah. but learning to like ride through the rocky times or learning to like love possibly the ugly side of your partner mm. is probably it's quite an important part to helping sustain it through. Oh, correct. You know, because you, you become their safe place. You yes. become the one person. Yeah, from, that, from everyone else. From the noise. You are the one. Yeah. You are the one that uh, keeps her sane and on track. So, you know, Santa and I have been together since 90, 91. You know, it's going to the 221 now. It's like 30 years. Wow. You know, and it's, it's not perfect, but it works. Mm. You know, we love each other and we love our kids. And we show that all the time. You know, the, I don't know if it's still happening to a day these days now, but the kids always say, "I love you" before Bedtime. they go or on the on the phone, because you just never know. Yeah, they always kiss me on the cheek. Yeah, you just never know. Yeah, we we can't we can't promise tomorrow. Yeah, so we will live for the now. Yeah, and that's even with with your 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 partner, your spouse, your best friend. You just gotta acknowledge those small mm. small words because I might not be here tomorrow. You never know. I've had a lot of people sit there and tell me the same thing, uh, but say that when they were growing up, this is uh, quite a common theme that goes through. The parents never said that to them, and oh, I, it really? strikes me as a generational thing, possibly. Well, that yeah, my mum always said it. Always did. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, because she was mum and dad. Yeah. So yeah. she had to teach me how to be a man. Yeah. But. I don't know. Nurture you as well. Nurture as well. Yeah. So I think I've got those traits off mum, what she went through, the hard time she went through, and it wasn't pretty, some of it. And I wanted to use that to um, help me be a better person, better husband, better father, better friend. Shout out to all the solar parents out there. Amen to that. Amen That's, to that. Well, she's done an amazing job, Ruben. She's done an amazing job. Mm. Your qualities are probably what you're known for. I reckon almost even more than as you're known as like a footy star, obviously. But in today's circle, I reckon you're you're well known for the qualities that that um, that you give out. And then I'll, I'll rather that um, yeah. attribute than in, than the footy side of things. So I'll tell you a story. The Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett mm. was our uh, coach in the All Golds in 2009, and that's the one thing he said you're a better person than a footy player and that's the biggest compliment compliment ever you know I'd rather be known as a, a good person than a footy player because mm. you know fans see the footy player but don't see the person so I'd rather that mm. <laughs> that compliment any day yeah you know it, it just represents who I am and who I represent and my family whoever that's the, the best best comment you'll get uh, talking about that um, whenever anyone clicks on YouTube and they look up your highlights reels mm. there oh, are some shala. there are some hits in there and some things that you have done to other people <laughs> but you as a person though off the field is almost the exact opposite yeah okay so having to tap into that for each game like a is it like a switch that you would flick each time or how would you how would you flick like switch into that so for me man uh, you're like 
that's that's my job to do what I can for my team. So as soon as I cross that line, don't get in my way because I want the best result I can give for my team. So you all bleed, you know, for my team, break break an arm, whatever. Um, I don't know where they came from, but it's, I think it's probably the survival mode that I've seen my mum go through. Right. You know, all the hurdles she went through and the the tough times and I, I used that to fuel me and fuel me to get the result but within reasons with a controlled environment you know so I would just I would believe for my for my fellow teammates uh, every game even yeah. at training across the line at training don't get them away because there's only like 13 positions right in the right. starting lineup right and if you want my position you're either going to have to knock me out or I'm going to get injured that's the that's that's how I uh, approached every training session, and I always warn them. So you almost approach each training session like a game. Uh, yeah, like full blast. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, was that always, a problem for your coaches? Well, this this was every preseason before we start. I always say I apologize now. Like every year, I apologize now if I take you out. It's not personal because you you want my position. Come get it, because mm. that's what it is. Yeah, it's survival mode, you know. Mm. There's, and that was right until like I was thirty-five. Yeah, just come get me if you want it. You're gonna have to take me out, so I'm not giving up my jersey. And you never got injured much either, did you? I had a lot of holidays. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they say now? Sabbaticals. Sabbaticals. <laughs> Throughout my career, but I remember you had like I think it was like a rib injury. Yeah, rib cartilage. Aside from that, like you didn't, you weren't niggled by too many things. No, were no, you? I had the broken arms earlier in my career. Yeah, but other than that, no. Just I had a lot of sabbaticals <laughs> through <laughs> through passion of the game. Through passion of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I read about some of those sabbaticals. <laughs> <laughs> oh shucks. No, oh, they all swing it from way back, mate. Malo. Malo. <laughs> it's a beautiful cover. Um, growing up with a mum as a solid parent, um, I know this is probably sh- this is a, a struggle that some guys have that where they don't have their dad around. Yeah, you know, um, was it quite important to you to have role models, male role models, and did you have any? Uh, probably mum's mum's brothers. Okay, you know, so okay. mum's brothers were an older version of of me. So right. I've learned of and they were my around. Mum's brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah they, our family were pretty pretty tight and so I learned how they treated their wives right and they were like real, very humbling uh, takes but, a village hey. yeah yeah no just very humbling you know that's always always look up to my uncles and uh, my coaches my first coaches were women right my first two coaches were women so that's that nurturing side of things you know learning the game of rugby league and then as I got older then the men came into the picture as coaches. Mm. So, other than that, you know, I just, there was a lot of women around 
when I was growing up. My mm. grandmother, my grandmothers, my mother, my aunties. Strong woman too. Yeah. You know, strong woman. So I just took bits from every individual and just piece them together. Yeah, just piece them together. And, and take what you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were very like quiet, mm. humbling, not not too rowdy. Mm. So yeah, I just took a little bit from each and just kind of just put that into who I am today. Mm. It's funny, I don't know, it's just, didn't have many, many men around. Right. Nah, so. Right, right, yeah. okay. Um, you also have like a, um, ever since I've known you, and way back, dating way back, you've always had a thing about training. Training yeah. a lot and training by yourself sometimes mm. and training up to three, four times a day. Yeah. Where does that come from? I think there's that survival mode. You know, I love training. You know, we, like when we were young, we used to run around the, the streets until the, the lights go on mm. on, the, on the street, you know, playing on the roads, playing with your mates. Because it was, it was free back then, you mm. know, it was free activity. Mm. Where nowadays, no one does that. No one does it go, runs on the front lawn. That's right. You know, yeah. they'll be playing bull rush on that little patch out there. And... And I just treated that, treated that as right throughout my career, you know, mm. taking back to training on my own, taking road runs. I just love that uh, serenity, yeah. training on my, on my own. Yeah. And sometimes, well, nowadays it's like my time yeah. to train on my, on, my, you know, on my own. You know, we always, I always speak about this with um, Beulah and mm. Tups and PJ. We were still close from those days at, uh, at Ludus and we always talk about that those times and you want to you want to be different from everyone else so to be different from everyone else you need to do something above and beyond so we we call it going dark but I call that like um, improving your skill or improving your uh, your niche you know, going forward and whatever career you um, partake, you know. But it, it's good to just get a reminder to you can train on there and you don't need any outside influence to push you to where you need to be pushed. So I know you, you train on your own, dog and In this garage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you train on your own. I've seen yeah. your videos and it, it's just you. Yeah. You know, you, and you choose to do that. Yeah, I choose. I choose it f um, for my mind, basically. Yeah, to stabilize me. There's no one else that shows yeah. it for you. Yeah, you choose to do that in 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 your garage or in the lounge. Yeah, it's just it's just part of it's part of who you are. Yeah, and as for me, that's part of who I am. Like when we do challenges, I want to lead the challenge. This is what we're doing. People want to jump on. It's totally up yeah. to you. Yeah, um, and keeps them connected. That. We talk always talk about the health and well-being, um, and get them through tough times. You know. Also, it gives them some sort of consistency. Yeah, yeah like no matter what else is happening in their life, their yeah, life yeah. may be chaotic. But if you have that one thing that's consistent every day that you Absolutely. go to, you know, some people use meditation, some people yep. use prayer, some people use different forms. You know, but um, mm. for me, like training really clicked for me. Yeah, as like, uh, and I found myself to be like a better husband, better mm. father. 
uh, once I've finished like a good set I've had that time by myself absolutely sweated everything out yeah, yeah. might have been frustrated at something it's gone yeah. I'm clear I'm level headed now I can approach things yeah. reasonably as mm. as reasonable Mike it's, but not at like not at that's this it. level you know yeah instead of being like highly strung got all this these thoughts yeah. in my head yeah. it needs to be released somewhere yeah. right yeah. it doesn't need to be released on the family mm. so that's right for us bro it's, it's that that time to yourself to grind it out your, your space your time mm. Mm. and committing to it kind of thing you know now you're in amazing shape amazing, amazing shape, shape. <laughs> amazing shape I let myself go a little bit did you Shucks. this is your this is your version of letting go yeah 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 oh my gosh <laughs> You're in great shape. Um, I need you. <laughs> I need you to talk about like what sort of nutrition really works well for our people, for our Pacific Island community that struggle a lot with uh, weight and struggle a lot with like um, you know um, health problems and stuff. Um, what better choices can they make? And see, I, I use this like when I came from Tonga, right? The only things I knew about food and training was like. You eat a lot of carbs, yeah. a lot of steak, and then you hit the weights. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I knew. And I couldn't figure out once I stopped, once my metabolism stopped at 24 or so, why I started piling on yeah, all yeah, this yeah, weight. Yeah, it didn't yeah, make yeah, sense yeah, to yeah. me because I thought I was doing the you're right missing, things. You're missing some. Uh, yeah. Until somehow, weirdly, I came across, I think, Tara Umanga's um, nutritional plan for his when he wanted to drop weight, I think, for the All Blacks. Yep, yep. And it was just chicken and broccoli. I know. And that makes sense to me, but I tried it. Yeah. And I was amazed at what it did. Yeah, yeah. However, coming back to you, like, what's what's the best advice you can give to our South Auckland community, our Pacific Island community, our Māori community, about the foods they eat and what yep. they put into their body? Don't go, you know, that always comes up, like, with our Polynesian, yeah. with our, uh, Polynesian people, our Māori people, it's like... It's financially tough at these stages to feed big families, right? I think it's just more being aware of the amount that goes in. It goes in, you know. You gotta, you can't just eat that type of food and not put out. You know, you've got to get the balance right. So, for example, like you got a big family, it's gonna be cheaper to get a box of KFC, right? Wow, it's cheaper to get like chicken. a $20 pack of fish and chips from the local takeaways. Yeah, instead of like two two pieces of chicken. Yeah, it right? is. Yeah. To feed to feed the family. So we like things. If you're going to do that, get some broccoli or vegetables on the side of that chicken. Balance it. You know, just to balance it out a bit. So it's like, I know I know it's, it's a lot cheaper to get those meals and because they're big families. But if they just... Uh, just do a little bit of research on like throwing some veggies on there um, instead of soft drinks drink water you know just small changes you know it just if you go to the takeaway everyone has the takeaway night you know I love pizza I love ice cream man but you know it's input output if you're just putting in and not doing any activity how's that going to counterbalance it and it goes somewhere yeah, yeah it's going to go somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> somewhere right yeah. like where yeah. we're sitting now it's yeah. just going to sit so you need to move, even if it's a walk. Go for a walk after like dinner. But um, just yeah, just for our Polynesian people, it's more just being aware of balances best. You know, add the vegetables with that chicken. Add the vegetables with your pizzas. Drink water instead of soft drink. Um, 
go for a walk small changes it's just small small changes you don't have to be a professional athlete you know how they eat six times a day yeah but it's really important you do like fuel your body help your metabolism you need to eat like you know the we we come from breakfast lunch and tea right where we need something in, in the middle because we're gonna we're gonna hit a, a hit a, a peak after breakfast and then we're gonna dive down so we need something to keep us up the top mm. for our metabolism mm. so like a snack or something or an apple or whatever and this and that's just doing the homework but basically for all the Polynesian families and Maori just you just got to add balance to it mm. the, the vegetables the fruit the exercise and the water mm. you know it's all those the food groups that we always talk about you know depending on what you're doing you know, we talk about the chicken and broccoli that's like a bodybuilding freaking mm. Regime, and I've done that bodybuilding, bro. It's not nice. You did. It's not nice, man. Right. <laughs> you looked amazing, though. You looked amazing. It's not nice. I know. I man, know. It's yeah. crazy. But that it's one on the bucket list. <laughs> but you did it. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. Well, I I did commit to myself. Like when I was forty five, I was going to do one, and then I looked at <laughs> looked at my calendar. Oh freaking hell! I'm forty five. Damn it. Damn. Yeah, but you know, you commit to something. Yeah. It's in your, in your thoughts. You're like, I gotta get it done. I gotta take it off. Yeah, and it was, whew, it was tough. Yeah, what's what's the toughest part about it? The food. Um, yeah, the food wasn't too bad. I think okay. it was the last week. Right. The water. The dehydration. Yeah, taking the water away. Yeah. So from the Monday, start till comp day. Decreasing. Yeah. So five, four, three, two, one, nothing. You know, and I was like week at the um, event and it was just red wine and chocolate to bring the veins yeah. out and get that pump and I was like no water in me so I was half drunk yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but then yeah you know put on the show and crazy different hard process world. hard process to go through eh? it was a different world man it took me a, a, a long time to get over it eh? right mm. like internally or your body to recover from yeah just like Emotionally, physically, because my body just went blah. Because you pushed it to right <laughs> yeah, to the edge. Blah. Yeah, I said, yeah, "Whoa, yeah. what is that? Yeah. What is that thing there? What's that hanging over my stomach?" You know, you've like, almost pushed it to like um, being a survivor on a castaway that's, island that's with what no food like, and no water. Like, where's Mister Wilson? You know, it was yeah. like, "Oh, <laughs> holy hecker!" But um, yeah, it took me ages to get over it. But yeah, now it's like. Eat to eat to survive, train, mm. make sure you get the balance right. You know? I gotta be honest, I don't think bodybuilding is something I could ever do, or <sighs> ever want to do. Really. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, because I don't, know, I don't, I like food too much. Yeah, yeah, me too, doggo. <laughs> you know, I look up for a Polynesian family, right? With the chop suey. I said, yeah. oh mate, the first meal I went to was uh, we went to Sal's Pizza, <laughs> and had the big pizza, Ben and Jerry's, and I felt crook. Right, felt crook. Man. Body rejecting it because yeah, it's so used, to, so not used to I that was, sort of food. I was gonski, man. Then I tried to have a like a drink with the boys the next day because they wanted to celebrate. Yeah, Whew, that was a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a shock to the body. The body just went like, what? How much weight did you lose? Uh we started at maybe about eight kilos. Right, because my frame was was wasn't too bad to start yeah. with. So it was just about getting it to a percentage yeah. that was going to bring out the muscle they reckon it was too too small 
Up top. Up top. So I need a... Too, too, many, too I, many burpees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had the burpees in there on my tube. <laughs> I say, can I still have burpees in there? But oh. um, the one, the guy who beat me, his shoulders were a lot bigger. Uh, but I was leaner. Like, I was one of the leanest ones. I was like 3.4. It's nuts. Mate. 3.4 body fat. Yeah, it's nuts. It was like paper. It was like... Bleh. I look I look sick. Yeah, yeah I, I look sick, but I look like... I'm shredded. I just come out of the coffin. So I'm just going to pause us there for a second. Shit. This is a really good mix. This is probably the strongest mix I mixed. So when you can't see a dog like this, really... So I can't, but when you scoop it and you yeah. look through, oh, yeah, that's that's, that's when you know it's ready. Okay. So if you lift lift it and you can see through it, it's too weak. Okay. Mm. How was this book? It was great. I said, wait, they do to send me it, bro. That's so what? I caught up with them a couple of times in Sydney. Oh, yeah. So who's man, send me a book, Solu. Do you want to borrow it? I might borrow it. Eh? Yeah, bro, that's take okay. it. Yeah. That come on. Definitely. He um, is funny, bro. Is he? crack up because we used to play yeah that's right same year same age group oh fuck Malo. we're talking about the Mark Hunt book by the way Mark Hunt's biography oh he's a legend he is definitely a legend, legend. so you played around the same time yeah uh, yeah same time so he, he was playing for Mark the East that's right and yeah. uh, we playing for Odehu and there was always that tension between us two teams you know yeah and we had one game you can testify to this mark one <laughs> game uh, we had at Walter Massey Park yeah and there was a little scuffle on the field and all you know all the crowd jumped in so it was all in brawl <laughs> ended up in all in brawl oh yeah so it was one of our guys and this guy going at it funny as we always talk about it when I catch up with that guy yeah he's amazing um I've always been a big fan yeah. of uh, Mark Hunt. Um, that story, that um, book is really interesting. And the thing that I took away from it the most was uh, the sense of hunger. The sense of, I f like I felt, I don't feel hungry, hungry. I felt hungry reading it. Mm. It talks about his childhood. It talks about the way food was treated in their house. It was something else. Yep. It was something else. And it was something that uh, really stayed with me something that uh, I almost use as like a driving force I never want my children to feel that yeah yeah um, yeah so the starvation the yeah. starvation and the sense of starvation no food yeah just um, crazy eh? yeah and it's like fear factor he doesn't fear anybody his what sorry he doesn't fear anyone no no you know no. so yeah he has no fear there's no fear he's an amazing fighter yeah um yeah, his career was so interesting to watch because he was, um, throughout the MMA and the UFC, he was always built quite differently. Yeah, and natural. Yeah, yeah. But the power, oh. and his knockout power. and He, he just... Almost in, in, incomparable. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to compare to anyone else. No, you can't. Yeah. And, yeah, he's just one of a kind of mark. He'll, work, he'll never back down to anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of um, Pacific Island living legends yeah, are still yeah. walking around like yourself. Well, you like you know Ray Sifwall. Mm. You know the, the we're talking about the the pioneers. Mm. Sir Michael Jones. You know these guys I look up to. Uh, Jimmy Thunder mm. who passed away. Got rest of his soul. Um, 
Yeah, these are the little icons you you see on TV. Yeah, and you you want to be like them, but yeah, mm. it's a different sport. But their values just speak louder than words, you know. Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie Clark, you know these yeah. guys. Are, and my mate Tana, Kevin, good humble dudes, mm. love their family, you know. Good values. Yeah, I almost start to wonder if like what sort of really starts to separate them uh, is the self-discipline. What goes on behind or off the field is really what makes what happens on the field mm. for them individually and personally. Because I'm sure there's countless young people that get offered contracts and stuff and they're yep. great for the first year and stuff. But trying to get that consistency and maintain that consistency is quite hard if you don't have that work ethic yeah. that happens by yourself, yep, away from the field, away from the team. Yeah. If you don't have that self-discipline of what you eat and all that stuff, mm. then... I think uh, nowadays with these uh, young kids getting these contracts, they see big Polynesian boys or girls, mm. or depending on what the sport is. And in our case, the rugby or rugby league. Mm. Big Polynesians sign them up, then we'll try and nurture them. But they they haven't done the, the groundwork. It's going to talk, you know, talking about training on your own. Mm. Are you strong enough to face the adversity of the media and the in the in the face training in the face medias the everything social, that comes with it everything the travel the, there's the, lot the treatment that comes with, I didn't even know yeah. how much that come with being a professional athlete yeah so it was a learning process but I was at the best place to learn that mm. which is in Canberra because the elite players they had on the team whew, you can't escape that eh mm. you can't escape that and like the standards mm. had to be at a high mm. so you either learn quick or see you later mm. you know and we, we they talk they talk about the um, a rugby league career how long is a rugby league career so on average it's like two to three years on average on is average right? you'd be lucky to play five yeah depending on injuries or yeah. depending on performance yeah so you know for us we're blessed to play that long because mm. we've got We've got balance. Yeah. Outside of footy. That's right. And people that are going to tell you straight, you did not play well this week. Mm. And that, I, re- I reckon that's the, the turning point is having that um, group of friends and the family that going to keep you on your toes. Mm. You know, Latai will be the same with Kev. Mm. And that's why he's he's the great man he is. Mm. You know, and he hasn't, he's never changed for anybody. No. That yeah. man. Respect that guy so much. Yeah, I've had him on here twice. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great to talk to you. Oh, he's my first episode. This is my first one. Oh, How many I've... wines did he go through? No, no. He, uh, <laughs> I asked him what he wanted. He uh, Pepsi Max. That's his. Um, ah, so that's his go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I felt so bad because the first time I'd done this, the camera died. Like, and oh, we lost like that. about half an hour, I think. You missed. But the I got him back in. I got him back in again. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we talked again, but. Um, Man, um, so humble. Mm. Always insists on like removing his shoes at the door. I was like, shoes, yeah, leave, yeah. leave the shoes on. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, yeah, amazing heart, got yeah. a great soul. Yeah, good man. Yeah, um, good great leader. And yeah, people like him, people like you are great people that you want to sort of lead a gym because yeah. you know, you want leaders to lead. You want mm. leaders to like show by example or, or 
or perform from the front, you know, and show that yeah. humility and say, and it's also as well, like about showing people that it's okay to be humble. Yeah, shut you. Because I think there's also like quite a strong mentality out there that you gotta you gotta go out there and get it. You gotta speak up for what you want, yeah. which which is great and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you still gotta respect other people and, and, and you know and and have quite a humble approach yeah. to every any sort of conversation as well. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be humble to start with, but then it's like, what's the purpose behind this meeting? What's you yeah. know, the purpose of what we're trying to achieve here? You know, and this time you need to get out of that humbleness to yeah. actually go and get it. You know, yeah. it's like. Kev, he's with the, uh, he's on the council. Yes. So that's that's out of his comfort zone. It is. And yeah. it's like, man. But it's for the people. I don't know. It's for the people. So he's trying to change their mindset over there. But you know, I got to see myself in the council. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like some are some are made for it, and sometimes it uh, retracts from who who you are as a person because mm. they see. The Kevin Mialami, the All Black. Mm. It's like Mal Meninga went through that and he went into politics. Right. He didn't like it. Right. Didn't like talking about himself. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's a Polynesian, Solomon Islander. He didn't, didn't like it one bit. Mm. So he stood down from politics. So it's it's a it's a it's a hard it's a it's a hard one. But yeah, some some people are good at it, and some some are not. Yeah. I will, wouldn't like to go into their politics. So fair enough. Yeah, it's built for. It's made for some people's. Not yeah, 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 yeah. Each to their own. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So you're still quite a massive league fan. You watch quite a bit. Of, do you still watch quite a bit of league? Uh, I don't really watch much league. But what about um, the international stuff, like the like when uh, Samoa play or when Tonga play or New Zealand well, play? There hasn't been much games going of course, on of at course. the moment, but yeah. I, I always follow my first team. The Raiders, ah, yes, regardless, yes. you know, always tap into the 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 Raiders support crew on Facebook, see what they're going on about, and it, it gets negative because the team's not doing well. Of course. So I try to bring them into um, into line, mm. and on a perspective <laughs> as a player. No, so I just be straight up with them. I say, well, you got to take into account, you know, there's there's twelve other players out there. You can't point the finger at the captain. He's trying his best, you know, and you just got to look at a a, a different mm. perspective mm. from a player's point of view. And because he is a Are you talking too. about trying to convince the fans or convince the players? Convince the fans. No, no, the fans. No, this is <laughs> that's the a, fans. That's a job in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're solid. They're ruthless. But I, lo- I love the fans, man. And they got their opinions because they love the team. Yeah. And they want to see the team hard. do well. And there's some fans that just give it to like the players yeah so I just try and just see sense because yeah. I've been there and done that and and then they see it they say oh shucks Ruben Wookie's on here yeah. he's commenting on our team as well that, that's part of that's part of me yeah it's 12 years invested in that yeah. in that green jersey you know and I just I just want to take them through some steps to help them understand what the players go through when they're not performing well and having them on their back as well, it's just going to make it worse. But that's that's their point of view. So I'm yeah. just trying well, the fans only ever see what's on the field. Yeah, that's what I mean. They don't know what's going on off the field. Yeah, so I, I just try to give them a little insight. <laughs> um, on the flip side of that, like, what was it like being part of the Warriors staff when they were going through? They're going through a rough slump at one point, and even the fans here in New Zealand mm-hmm. were like. 
turning on them what's it like when you're on the inside of that and how do you um how do you keep the players focused off yeah, that it, 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 that's a tough one especially at home in new zealand yeah you know they're hot and cold you know they when the team's winning they're right behind you when the team's losing they point the finger and they'll be like the all blacks as well mm. so or, or their super 12 team whatever and they're just real fickle you know with the fans but they're very passionate about their teams but they as you said they just don't know the full story yeah. and why why they're performing like this but it must be hard for some players though to switch on and switch off to try and nowadays it is that noise out because it's nowadays yeah. nowadays it is doggo because they're it's all around them or social media they're always seeing it always seeing it they've always got the headphones on they always there's just too much access to too much um, yeah too much voices too much social media it's just too much so what was it like back in your day like when before social media and you're playing no papers no just nothing. don't read the papers no right no no papers there was no phone oh the phones yeah what's that little snake thing which is was digital snake that was it on the games or the phones oh there right. was no photos <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it was you had the aerial pull-up yeah. phones so so we didn't have, it would be on the radio as well eh? Talk yeah we did yeah, turn the radio off turn, the radio. <laughs> turn it off but that's it yeah so newspapers we didn't read the newspapers back then and uh yeah, we just well, we all we can control is as a team and then as an individuals is just performing better than last week. Mm. That's all we can. That's all we can do. Not like read into it too much, you know. Mm. Oh, this player needs to go, or this coach needs to go. Da mm. da da. That's politics. That's journo's jobs. You know, we're we're speaking about that at the moment about school, about around social media. Uh, the media platforms the journals are are they doing the full stories no sometimes yeah. it's um, just they just want the headline that's so what I mean people click on it that's what I mean they, they want the the juiciest story so they'll twist it yeah. without getting the quote from that person so you just gotta be you just gotta be careful with, with media when when you're at the top of your game and asking certain questions you gotta make sure you mm. give the right answer and then don't quote me on that one. But then they do, you know? Right, right. You know, so they'll take that. They'll just find something juicy and then put that up. Don't worry about anything else. Right. And that's, that's, that's the word of social media, right? It's ruthless, eh? And like... If Comes out completely out of context. Yeah, and a couple of stars at the moment, Doggo. Like, in the rugby league world, it's, it's out there. There's stories out there. Yes. You know? Yeah. So yeah. we won't go into, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, you just got to kind of stay away from it. Yeah, but then sometimes, um, I don't know whether this is, um, becomes more and more common, but I'm getting so used to that, mm. that whenever I see something that's quite an explicit headline or quite a strong headline, I'm like, but what's the real story? Yeah, that's I hold I mean. back a bit, I'm like, but what's the other side? Yeah, you know, yeah, this, it's like, are you getting the full story? Yeah. We're talking about, you know, yeah. we're talking about this in sports sociology and yeah. their perception of, the story yeah. and the journalist version compared to the actual person that they interviewed so it's, it's got to be two flips of it mm. so it's a, it's a weird one when you were um, coaching the Warriors did you enjoy that side of like uh, of coaching rather than playing or how did you find it coaching and, and the 
seeing sort of the strength and conditioning sides, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. You know, I wouldn't be a coach coach like Steve Kearney, yeah. uh, Nathan yeah. Brown. I wouldn't take that step right out of my league. And at the, at the strength and conditioning side of things, it suits me to a T because I'm still coaching, mm. but coaching them to be a better version of them, like put the art, you know, putting the armory on them with, yeah. the, with the weights and the functional stuff with the zoo, mm. adding the zoo element into there why we're doing this movement to us so you can get you know wriggle out of the tackles and stuff like that just getting some purpose around it and and, and you know that ment- mentoring uh, as a part of it as well as still coaching mm. just being a bigger brother just passing on information because so much in my head is see people in certain scenarios and then you can oh you can get some good information here what they need to improve on mm. if they want it you know so you need a hand with us you won't tell them yeah and if they want it I have memories of um, Conrad <laughs> at, the, at the gym doing gorillas doing gorillas I think that's when he came back from Tonga one yeah, year yeah, you remember oh, this I remember yeah, this yeah, yeah. yeah came back from Tonga one year enjoyed himself a bit too much over summer um but it's good to see that he's doing quite well over in the UK. Well, he doesn't have to worry about his weight over there. Doesn't he? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Different game, I guess. Yeah. Hey. It's funny that trip, he went, he, before he left, he was 106. Right. And come back 116. 116? Yeah. How long was he away for? Two weeks, I think. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of otai and... Yeah, hey. yeah. Well, a lot of that Pacific people, that's the genetic makeup. You know, if, if they don't uh, work out or anything, it <laughs> yeah. piles on yeah. super fast. Oh, you're, you're yeah. right on that one. Yeah. I don't know, something like, you know, talk about carbo loading. We have mm. too much carbs. It's just going to just sit there yeah. if you're not doing anything, That's right? right. Yeah. You know, and the sugar as well. Yeah. And it goes to certain places where you don't want it to go. You see a lot of ex-rugby um, rugby league players as well. That happens to them once they stop playing. As soon as they stop playing, yeah. some of them stop well, they stop that high-intensity training. They might yeah, still yeah. go for walks or, you know, Yeah, I know, because they've been at that top end of their sport. Mm. It's the last thing they want to do yeah. is breathe heavy again. Yeah. You know, like, example is like Stacey Jones, mm. elite athlete, mate. And he's, he still runs, rings around people now, you know, and he's just... Stacey Jones is Stacey Jones, you know, everyone's different. And yeah. with that match fit that was on just recently. Yeah, that's that what was I was thinking a, of. That yeah. was an eye opener, man. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, a lot of those rugby players went through some hard times and just probably didn't deal with it properly. Yeah. And I think that show brought that out. Mm. And I was, who was I talking to? Case Muse. Mm. I ran into him last week. So, how was that show, bro? I said, oh, what a good wake up call. Well, you know, I say, man, this should be a, like an everyday thing, you know, being active. So we should do a league rugby one day next. <laughs> you should, you yeah, should. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, you're keen. Oh, well, yeah, we've got heaps of leagueies yeah. keen on that. But, um, and then I, then I asked about the health and well-being of like uh, reunions, yeah. all black reunions. Yeah. Do you guys have reunions? Because there's so many of you, yeah. you know, and we... I spoke about the, the Kiwis we have one every year right to touch base with our brothers and when you have that is it everyone everyone that's a lot of people 
yeah, every Kiwi can that can make it. Right. So from the oldest Kiwi who's ninety ninety nine to the youngest Kiwi. So and, and the girls as well. Right. So cool, man. Because mm. we lose one every every year. Right. So we try and acknowledge acknowledge our Kiwis that bled for the jersey, and just the stories are are priceless, mate. The stories are priceless. And it's so good to see the you know the pioneers of our game mm. still kicking it, mm. and um, you have to. This this ha- needs to be a a compulsory thing for all sports to make sure they touch touch base touch base with players of the past. Yeah, you know because you don't know what's going on in their bubble. It's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And just just check up on them. Yeah, you know so. We're always, we're always checking up on each other you know Logan Swan's one of my good mates mm. so we're pretty tight Motu Tony's at the gym so I see him a lot so as soon as you've got a number for the Kiwis or all blacks you're all like that's for life you know Yeah. and you have to that's like going to war and that keeps you connected by having that reunion once a year mm. so good was it uh, very special for you the first time you played for the Kiwis? Yeah, dog. Yeah, and it was in Papua New Guinea, so there was league mad over there. Of course. And um, what was I? Nineteen ninety four. So I was twenty one. Had the mad flat top, no fade. <laughs> uh, but well, life experience, eh? In Papua New Guinea, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel. Uh, due to the um, they called the rascal I think it's thought they called the rascals in the in the hills right shooting off guns and stuff right so we were stuck in the hotel for most of the time and uh, just go to the games then come back to the hotel very primitive but big fans big fans of rugby league mm. crazy 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 over there um, there was tear gas thrown on the field jeez one of the games Jeez. because they were getting out of, out of control and we because we were winning so they threw the tear gas on the field to control the the crowd because they were trying to you know rattling the fence trying to break it down wow it's crazy yeah yeah and very passionate to, yeah yeah so we had to go in you know get the wet wet cloths and stuff with the tear gas and then um, after the game walk back to the the vans fans are just trying to grab us and you know Get you in. they let the dogs go the dogs were going hundies on the fans Whoa. it was crazy wow whacking them with canes I said oh my gosh that's like borderline borderline uh, yeah yeah it was, it was crazy but it's changed from those days yeah yeah we, we've never been back to Papua New Guinea is that right <laughs> been back. because of that I don't know we just haven't gone back right you know but you always remember your first test and um, I look back at it and it's like man I can't believe I you know, played for my country mm. but then to do it another 54 times was a bonus for me mm. you know even through all my holidays <laughs> you became the first Kiwi to hit 50 50 yeah. caps actually internationally I think you're yeah, the first yeah, player yeah. to ever hit yeah. 50 I caps first, I was the first and um I think I'm still sitting up the top there with the 
with Darren Lockyer and um, Cameron Smith. Mm. Mm. So representing the Kiwis up there, we're playing some tests. That's an amazing accomplishment. Oh, bro. Love our little country, you know, so if I can do that that many times and give back to all the fallen soldiers before us. True. True honour, you know. Was it um, surprising for you to see, like, um, you know, like when the Tongan team really changed and became almost like a professional team, except they weren't getting paid professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and level up and beat start the Kiwis to... And beat the Australians. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. I, I thought that was really good for the game in general to grow the game in the Pacific and like the depth of the players that were in the NRL that chose to play for their Malo Malo that chose to play for Tonga it's giving back to their um, country it's only a small country but it goes to show how much depth our players they had for the Tonga team mm. and the Samoa team and to do that to the big dogs mm. in New Zealand and Australia it's good for the game mm. massive do you see Samoa pulling off a similar feat? They they have it in them. Mm. They do have it in them. You know, there's, there's talks about the Johns brothers and Sonny Bill being the coaching staff. I said, and do you think that would pull a lot of players? Well, it might, yeah, it might turn them out. It might turn the, turn the players over. But uh, it'll be interesting how they go as coaches. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it if a lot of the Samoan players shifted over mm. and put on the blue jersey and it comes down to the players on the field and what they want to get out of it and mm. I'm telling you the Tonga community is the ones that get them over the line mm. massively mm. you know the one in Hamilton against New Zealand and the one in Mount Smart against Australia holy heck yeah it's crazy the one in Hamilton I've never cried watching a game before I oh, cried yeah? I cried watching that Bro. game I was screaming watching that game it was like nothing I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's because it's close to you, because it's your yeah. your nation, and it's like that. Uh, the hymns were like, yeah, um, they were emotional. Yeah, you know, even for us, you know, it was like watching. It's like I was scared for New Zealand, but honestly, deep down, it was something. So it was good. Yeah, you know, it's very rare that's going to happen. Yeah, and it to happen in New Zealand <laughs> in front of the crowd <laughs> twice. Far Twice, yeah, you yeah. Good for the game, man. Yeah. Good for the game. Yeah. Because I know they're not getting paid that much, but they definitely they just did it for the country. Yeah. You know, and the community is huge. The Tonga is massive. And they all live in Odoo. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 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 yeah, they blocked the motorways, everything. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Freaking out. Odoo special. What are your um, where you're at at the moment? You know, running a gym, and children are growing up, and you're in almost like a settled place, even though you're very, very busy. You know, but what are your um, what are your sort of hopes and dreams and goals moving forward? Because I know you've always got something that you want to keep yourself busy, keep yourself moving forward with. So what yeah. what is it for you? I think I think for us, you know, we the span or time span on the gym we, 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 we don't know mm. so uh, going on two years now at the gym and you know the time span could go for five or, or plus but depending on us really yeah. and you know we want to give back to the youth 
and create create a program for the kids mm. uh, like after school program so we've we had one last year and was was really good and we want to expand on that and I think um, the health and well-being the older generation like you're 65 plus right you know just keeping them active somehow so how we tap into that so I know there's government funding for all of these programs and I think it's just doing it doing it properly and bringing it to the hay you know so but uh, small goals just you know complete this diploma and walk the stage with my daughter oh fine that'd be funny and and for Santa to finish through a degree and walk the stage and get that ticked off so just small goals for us but big in the sense for our gym yeah you know and like the coaches that come on this journey with me at school to see them cross a lot cross the stage as well it's going to be huge for for us at the gym Mm. because we want our coaches to be qualified qualified know what they're talking about and uh, they're giving purpose to our people when they're taking them or coaching them because we don't want any you know don't want anything coming back on us you know yeah we want yeah. to make sure we take it you're covered of everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And it'll be the same like any other gym or oh, hopefully yeah you know we're almost there don't know where these flies have come from they can smell the cover <laughs> we're smelling the lollies dog so it's been a real pleasure to have you on Thank, oh, you. No, Thank you for coming to this humble garage, um, sharing humble a bottle of cover. Stockle, honey, hey? and, yes, and yeah, I really appreciate having you on. That's good to see you, brother. I wish you all the best um, with everything, your family, the gym, everything. Yeah, to you. that mic called Mike. Yeah, garage drinks with Mike. Woo!